Hello. Thank you again for joining me for Health and Triumph, the Struggle to Overcome with Melvin Ward. Of course, I'm Melvin Ward. This is a show where we have our Sunday dinner conversation any day of the week, any time of the day. And even though the show is predicated on health, we talk about every topic because we have to exist in this world and be a part of it, no matter the cost or conditions that we're dealing with. We all need help, but we all have to push forward. So our little dinner conversation today is this gun bill. We can't let that pass and not talk about it. It's interesting, uh, or I should say proposed gun bill. And if you're listening to the rain, that's right. I'm sitting outside. I'm not actually getting wet, but I'm sitting outside with some cover and I'm enjoying the weather because we don't take enough time to listen to the rain. You look at the wonders of our world, the necessity. But we drift off topic on this show. We talk about other things while we're on the main topic. Subplots, if you will. So let's get back to the main topic, which is this gun bill. It addresses some things that we already know. We already knew about um, the boyfriend loophole, or if you knew about domestic violence and the boyfriend loophole. And you were aware of it. We all knew that had to be closed. The fact that they can't restrict you from having a weapon unless you were married to a person is ridiculous. I don't know the numbers for domestic violence, but I would assume that a lot of times in a lot of cases it starts before marriage. So the numbers should be higher before marriage. And it should be like uh, higher because you have shorter relationships and a person is abused is abused all the way through so that loophole should have been closed a hell of a long time ago a hell of a long time ago you have um i'm trying to remember the gun bill topics because i couldn't write them down you have the red flags where they want states to enable certain rules that'll be red flags for people to get guns well, certain states don't have them. Certain states do. The incentive, the incentive is you're going to get some money to do it. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know how they're going to plan it. But it's going to be a financial gain to it. We know that states don't like to turn down government money. Well, they did turn down a little bit of it during the pandemic. A lot of states did. But we'll see what they do the other portion of it extended background checks for people under 21 well i think they should extend it for everybody now before we go for it further because i don't want people to think i'm some kind of tree hugger non-violence put your fists up i'm a violent son of a bitch when it comes to what's right in this world and what should be what should be eliminated in this world i believe in the death penalty i believe in carrying guns I believe in the Second Amendment, but the Second Amendment needed to be adjusted for many years. The problem with that now is, is our society any different than when the Second Amendment was enacted? Like, are we potentially victims? Because no help was coming, which is why you had the right to bear arms. Because of the distance, transversing the distance. So is it any different now? It's an interesting question. Has it been different in the past? Yes, but they didn't do anything then. Um, 
Are they didn't do enough then to try to derail this collision course that we were going to have against violence in our society and what's acceptable in our society. So I'm not no tree, I'm not a tree hugger or whatever, anything like that. But I do believe that there should be some kind of what's the words for some kind of overriding factor uh, uh, of controlling what goes on with people and their ability to handle guns. Everybody shouldn't have a gun, period. Just like everybody shouldn't have a child, period. We all agree on that. The question is, how do we take that point of view, protect those who shouldn't against protecting those who should, so rights are not um, obliterated, not just trampled on, but obliterated. But with that being said, Listen, it's never going to be a fair outcome all the way through. There's always going to be ways we have to walk through. And then the solution may lie in dealing with other things. Like these people need to not value life. Like our prison system. You know, how we educate these kids. Those are all factors. How we deal with welfare in America. All these things lead to crime. All, every last one of them leads to crime. And those should be looked into, which brings me to the real crux of what I wanted to talk about. I'm saddened to hear about all those lost lives in Texas and other places because we can't even just say Texas. We just it just hit differently when it's a child. But I'm also my heart is soaring and glad that this country is taking another step to acknowledge your mental health that it plays a factor in a lot of things. This country, you know, to abide by our rights, we don't want to trample on anybody's rights, especially mental health. But to me, this country has been trampling on mental health from the beginning. We have no long care facilities to house people because the funding has dried up. It started during the Reagan administration. As a child, I remembered the arguments of this. You're taking money away from mental health care and then you're giving it out in the form of disability. You're creating a problem because, yes, you're going to have people that are willing to take care of family members, but now you're putting a price tag associated with it. And most mental health people, just so you understand how Social Security disability works, most mental health people never work the job, so they are not entitled to the higher benefits. So they get the bare minimum, which is barely enough to live. But you're giving somebody that amount of money and whatever, like, grants or whatever else you can get fined to throw in there to take care of a person. This is why you need long care facilities. You need people that are paid professionals. And then that doesn't mean that's going to help a person. It just means that you have paid professionals in that situation. The idea is it's going to help some people more than less but that's no guarantee neither but those people need to learn how to be acclimated in the society and that's going to take time and I'm not saying that they should be separated from society permanently but the truth of the matter is some people need to be separated from society you wouldn't take a mass murderer and then throw him back in society and say hey he don't need to be separated it's inhumane no, you need to separate them. 
And in mental health, when we decided as a nation that it was okay for them to give them that check and let them function in society. Now, I come across a lot of people that are mentally disabled during the course of my day. Some of them function so fine. I'm proud of them. You can tell they have issues, but they're nice. They got nice personality. You know, not that personality should play a part of this, so maybe I should take that out. But what I'm saying is, you know they have battles that they have to overcome, but you're rooting for them. And you, you, you're watching the grace and dignity that they go through with their life. You know, some people, you can tell that they have issues just from the way that they look at you. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. They still function in society. I'm talking about the people that are violent, that cannot function in society. They sometimes need to be housed or the people that have a hard time understanding what's going on. They sometimes need to be housed too. But the money, it's a long-term project. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to be a factor. Money is going to be a factor, but it is without a doubt necessary. Now, I'm not saying every person with a mental illness should be housed. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the money is coming so maybe they can do better studies and better reasons what lead to mental health. Because we all have ideas what lead to mental health. You know, we all talk about is the, uh, the reflex of the crack baby. Well, you have other situations too. You have people with mental health having kids with other people with mental health. And we all genetically predisposed to something. So if both your pro both your parents have an imbalance, it could possibly lead to children having an imbalance. Now, do that mean that the parents need to be spayed and neutered like animals? No. Does that mean that that should be talked about? Yes, because everything should be talked about. Everything should be on the table. You have a lot of kids in um, public assistance who parents are, mental, are mentally disabled and they were known to be mentally disabled. And then the kids, they can't, they can't take care of themselves. They can't take care of the kids, right? That would be common sense. However, back to the main topic, the money. They threw a bunch of money. Now, they haven't said exactly how it's going to be allocated. I always, I'm always suspicious of that. But they are throwing a lot of money into mental health. The, the, the sad thing about this is mental health has been a topic in our nation for many years, many decades. Around the world, if not, but definitely in our nation. And to keep your gun rights pretty much stable to silence the critics they are willing to put billions of dollars in the mental health now they should have put billions of dollars in before I see the war in Ukraine and I just saw that um, President Biden allocated another billion dollars for that war and I'm not knocking that I'm not knocking the support for Ukraine, so nobody, please, don't start. 
I believe they're supposed to fight for their sovereign rights. And I believe that we should help them. But what I'm saying is, you can just pull out a billion dollars. I think it was 40 billion before they tried to do. I think that's still held up. They got to vote on that because they're not sure where exactly the money is going. But to take a billion dollars just like that and then throw it in to help that country. Now, I don't know how that money is going to be utilized. Is it going to be food or whatever? But we can't take a billion dollars and help out our own citizens. We can't address mental health. We can't address some hunger situations. We can't address our housing crisis. We can't take a billion dollars and address inflation to some degree. We, we can't do that. That's a long, drawn-out struggle. But we can just pop up and do something else. And that's no knock on Biden, because I voted for Biden. And I understand he has limits for what he can do. This is the greatness of our nation, that we have three different branches of governments and they blunt each other. So one person can't have total, unadulterated control. I like that idea. Everybody is a foil to the other side. Now, of course, I, you know, it's a little more than that to that, but it does. It is a control mechanism and it's a good one. However. You can still take a billion dollars just like that and send it. And I wish that kind of progressiveness was put into mental health. And then I, I'm hoping that because they didn't put this money in the gun bill for mental health, if it passed, that they don't address the homelessness for people with mental health issues. We see that big time since the pandemic. Tent cities popping up. People willing to stay in the street and live in the street. You know, even though they have other options. That's not just drug abuse. Well, let's talk about drug abuse. How many people with mental illness don't mind trying drugs? Like you, we have so many kids that grew up being medicated on drugs and all they know is they felt good when they took this pill. How do you tell them not to do marijuana, not to try this drug, not to try that drug and expect them to listen? How does that work? Somebody explain that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know how that works. So as I said, I'm glad in that they're going to attack mental health or put some more money to it. They're accepting it, that that's a problem when it comes to violence. And I'm hoping it's not too little too late. But now here's the problem with all these bills and all these laws they put down. And oh, I'd be remiss to mention that they're going to put more money into enforcing the, the uh, laws that they already had in place. See, because they had laws in place that they didn't enforce. And now they're going to put some money towards enforcing that, which is a damn good thing, too. But they starting to put their foot on the gas when it comes to mental health. Let's keep our foot on the gas. Everybody says, oh, we can find a cure. I think 
President Biden sl slanders, we can find a cure for cancer in our lifetime. And as a cancer survivor, go ho, go ho. Yo, Joe, whatever. Uh, gun ho, I should have said. But as a cancer survivor, like, I want a cure. I've seen so many people fall from this disease that I've talked to, that I tried to mentor. You know, I deal with it. Nobody wants to be questioned without uh, mortality. However, when it's a mental health issue, you how do you question yourself? It's a different thing when you don't have your mind like, I have this discussion with my daughter all the time. If I do not have my mind, what do I have? And uh, honestly, you do have stuff. But that's not, you don't know you have stuff because you do not have your mind. And I, I do want them to more vigorously attack this because we can make our world so much better if we learn how to deal with mental illness. And it's not, a, it's not a sad thing. It's not a creepy thing. It's not something we should be hiding behind our pants or our skirts. It's a reality. And we have to deal with it. I say this all the time. And I'll say it again. Problems do ne never go away. They only get bigger. If you don't fix a bridge and the bridge is falling, the bridge is just going to fall. Yeah, it may take some time, but it's just going to fall. It becomes more costly to fix the problem. You have to become more of a strategist to fix the problem. It becomes a bigger problem. Let's not me let mental health, mental health illness become so much more of a bigger problem. It's already a problem. Fine, we accept that. Let's try to fix the problem. And keep in mind, it may take a decade or two. But we cannot keep leaving our problems for the next generation. It's not fair to them. Let's try to fix our problems in our lifetimes and then pass it on so the world can be better. Not fixing something from before. I want to thank you for joining us for our Sunday dinner conversation any day of the week and any time of the day. I'm out here enjoying this rain. This is a beautiful day. I love the rain. <sighs> Shortly, I'm going to step in it. And listen, when I step in it, I'm not going to be running through the rain, trying not to get wet. I'm going to walk in and just enjoy it. I look forward to talking to you once again. Thank you for joining me for Health and Triumph, The Struggle to Overcome. I'm Big Mel. As I say every time, I'm out there on social media, Melvin Ward. If you have a question, is it something you want to talk to? I'm willing to talk. I love guests. I love conversations. I love um, exploring the depths of humanity. And I love being better. So let's make each other better. <laughs>